Ken Kurzel, and I'm here with my partner, Katie Davis. Welcome to the November 2020 episode of News and Brews Sports Biz, our to-the-point podcast and video series that features new developments impacting the business of college sports. This month, we're excited to feature the Collegiate Coaching Diversity Pledge. Our special guest, Jason Belzer, spearheaded this project through Athletic Director U, and both he and Katie will discuss how the project came to be and what the vision is going forward. Welcome, Jason. Jason, I want to start off by asking you to share a little bit about your background in college sports and how that experience has led to the creation of the Collegiate Coaching Diversity Pledge. Sure. Well, thank you for having me today. I appreciate it and um, appreciate all the time that you guys have invested into this project. Uh, my background is that I am a sports and entertainment attorney. I got in this business about 15 years ago, had an interest in being an agent, specifically around the representation of coaches. Uh, I launched my agency when I was the ripe old age of 21, uh, started working with a handful of clients and eventually grew the business to represent about 70 coaches throughout the world of college sports, primarily in men's and women's basketball. Uh, along the way, I started teaching at my alma mater, Rutgers University. I taught both business and law uh, and became a prolific writer on the subject of leadership, management, HR, organizational behavior throughout the college athletic space, first for Forbes magazine, and then eventually launching my own publication called Athletic Director U. Uh, and so ADU um, has really become a go-to uh, source for news information and thought leadership in the college athletic space amongst individuals working, primarily administrators, uh, and as we kind of came upon this year, uh, my team and I sat down to start thinking about how we could potentially change some of the issues around diversity and inclusion, particularly in the coaching space. I have worked with uh, many number of coaches who have gone through the interview process to pursue head coaching opportunities, particularly in men's and women's basketball uh, and football. And they often would get to the table and then very quickly realized that they were not serious candidates and that they were just in the room because somebody needed to fill a quota. And so I said, how do we leverage the power and relationships that we have through our brand to be able to change the narrative around this issue? Uh, and this is obviously well before anything happened in our country over this past summer as it relates to social injustice. Uh, and that's really what the genesis of the Collegiate Coaching Diversity Pledge was. Uh, and it took a um, about six months to actually evolve the concept into something that could work from a protocol standpoint. Uh, and we obviously launched it about two months ago now and have had some some great feedback and continue to sign ADs every day. Just had a Ryan Bamford from UMass sign up today. So I think we've just hit the 60 AD threshold and hopefully that number will continue to climb here over the next couple of months. Well, that's that's awesome. Yeah, super excited to hear that. So, Jason, how how would you say the pledge is going to differ from the NFL's Rooney rule, which really isn't particularly working well? Yeah, so the Rooney rule is a great concept, but it's never worked. And the reason is that there is no accountability with the Rooney rule. Uh, it's essentially a um, conceptually a, a nice idea, but no one has ever actually executed well on it because there is no consequence. Uh, Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, is never going to go to one of his owners and fine him or penalize him for not 
uh, interviewing or hiring somebody of a diverse background. And so it's the same concept. It just it's a circular argument that really goes nowhere. So the thing that we set out to do with the pledge was, hey, let's start from the extreme end of the spectrum and say, what if we created a law that would mandate that somebody actually had to hire somebody from a diverse background? Completely unrealistic, but that's kind of the extreme end of the spectrum. And then we've kind of worked our way backwards and said, okay, well, it won't be a law, it will be a mm -hmm. pledge, so it's not a real rule. How do we create accountability around that? How do we say, okay, we're not gonna mandate that you hire somebody, but at least that you interview somebody. And so we feel like we're at the extreme end of things, but still within the realm of realism and something that people can adopt and not really have a real excuse not to do. Now, plenty of people will make excuses as to why they don't wanna change their hiring practices or have to mess with the status quo that they've been following for the last 20 or 30 years in this industry. Uh, but we have, again, we've had 60 different institutions, 23 different conferences, 26 different states. We feel confident at this point that there is no longer a legal argument as to why somebody can do it. It's completely a um, an individual decision for somebody to want to sign this or not. All right. Very good. So, Katie, what is James Moore's role as third-party clearinghouse, and how do we assure athletic directors and coaching candidates that there is going to be confidentiality maintained during the process? Yeah, um, so Jason called me back in, I think, January as we started talking about um, the concept of this and the idea of the accountability piece and uh, equated it to the accounting firms that represent um, the big awards shows like the Oscars um, and and how could we do something similar to validate um, information, keep it safe and recognizing that the CPA industry is one that's built around confidentiality. Um, couple that with our firm's uh, significant involvement in the collegiate athletic mm -hmm. space. So we get that everything's very sensitive. Athletics directors and coaching candidates um, are going to be really sensitive about their information getting out there. So um, having somebody like us involved um, provides that peace of mind that the information will remain confidential. But we still um, facilitate the accountability piece. And um, the pledge has a board of advocates that's been. Um, set up of some really phenomenal people in the industry. And what we'll do is communicate with them um, as hiring seasons occur, uh, we'll select a meaningful sample and we'll be making phone calls with athletics directors, the head coaching hire, the other coaching finalists or finalists to understand more about the process and determine whether uh, that institution was in compliance with the details of the pledge. And then we'll report back to the Board of Advocates to say, yes, this school uh, was one we selected and they are or they are not in compliance. And from there, um, ADU will take that information and determine how they want to respond to that. We're not part of that piece of the process, but um, you know, we did sign a really strict NDA uh, with ADU. So, um, you know, really just to show our commitment to the confidentiality of this and uh, we want to take utmost care and sensitivity to really support the success of this project and not let something like the fear of confidentiality um, derail um, or maybe demotivate somebody from wanting to participate. That's great. <clears throat> Uh, Jason, obviously, this is uh, quite a momentous year to uh, be launching the pledge, uh, you know, going through the global pandemic that we're in right now. So how has COVID-19 impacted the momentum of the pledge 
and what do athletic directors need to do to actually sign up for it? Yeah, so the industry of college athletics is obviously facing a little bit of an existential crisis with COVID. Uh, being a uh, sports and entertainment industry, um, it hasn't been easy. And so ADs have had larger concerns uh, to deal with in reality, while you know racial injustice and diversity and inclusion are really, really important things. The survival of an organization is probably number one from a priority standpoint. Uh, so we are cognizant of that, and we realize that people have things to consider while they're kind of navigating the process. Um, but we've had some good momentum. I mean, at the end of the spectrum, I also think that uh, COVID has become an easy excuse for a lot of people. And it's not just in college athletics. You see that in the corporate world. There have been plenty of Fortune 500 companies that have come out and made excuses about hiring and firing. And so HR is always kind of a, a secondary or maybe even of a lower concern in a lot of these contexts. But, um, you know, there are ADs that have embraced this. And uh, really, we've done, I think, a good job of getting the message out. So ADs have reached out to me in all sorts of ways. They've called, they've emailed, they've sent me messages on Twitter. Uh, they've read about it in D1 Ticker or on ESPN or one of the articles that we release. The NABC WBCA came out in support of the pledge just a week or two ago. Um, so there have been plenty of outlets and a lot of it has also been outreach, just having conversations, communicating with people. Um, our goal with this, in all honesty, is that we wanted to get the ADs that we already felt were doing the protocol to sign up first, because we realized that there's a whole another group of ADs that are gonna be the last to adopt this. And uh, we're not expecting them to come on board right away. And so we said, how do we build pressure for those kind of, as you would call them, laggards to wanna be part of this? And so we said, let's get the early adopters on board. And then you go to the next group and the next group and the next group. And the more that come in, the more momentum there is to get these people to wanna sign up. Um, so this is a marathon. Uh, there was no expectation that everyone was going to come on board right away. And I think that uh, as long as we can, you know, chip away and get three, four, five people a week before we know it, we're going to have the vast majority of ADs on board with us. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Katie, um, do you think that increasing leadership diversity in college athletics will have a financial impact on universities? And what can athletics financial leaders do to help promote the mission of the pledge? I mean, personnel hiring decisions, especially high profile head coaches, um, it's pretty complex and there's a lot of moving parts. Um, but I can say the fight for candidates has become increasingly competitive. And um, as leaderships press for time and resources that, you know, all the competition driving market factors that go into all of this arms race, um, you know, there is something to say for increasing that pool of qualified candidates. Um, so not only does diversity in itself, um, you know, add a lot of value to the college sports space, but I think um, increasing the pool of qualified candidates and the, slowing the process down by being more intentional about interviewing more people, hopefully that gets you the right fit. And then the ripple effect from that will, um, you know, lead to not only the metaphorical success on and off the field, and that can have financial impacts. Um, as far as what financial leaders can do, I mean, I think you need to just be, you know, when you're in your senior leadership meetings, um, be listening out for, um, you know, different initiatives that your uh, department's taking for diversity and inclusion and remember this pledge and remind your ADs or 
the person that's been charged with diversity and inclusion about the pledge and put them in touch with Jason. Um, I would love for all of our clients and friends to sign the pledge. I know um, Sean Frazier at NIU was one of the first and he's a, a client and, or NIU is a client. And so it's, we're really proud to see them on there. And we have many more clients and friends that aren't on there and, um, you know, want to give them the peace of mind that we are involved as an outside third party and that we will keep their information safe. Uh, we've proven that and um, really encourage that they get involved. Now, that's great. And as you pointed out, and being finance people, certainly um, having a small uh, candidate pool, which they're, you know, is artificially low right now, only hurts things from a financial standpoint. So in, in my mind, the pledge, you know, uh, brings so much, uh, both in the diversity spectrum, as well as just increasing the overall candidate pool, which is to the benefit of both sides. So it's sure. great stuff. Well, thank you both for a, a great conversation. We're going to uh, finish off with uh, a much less important question, but a, but a fun one nonetheless. Uh, what brews are we enjoying today, Jason? Uh, are, are you joining us with a with a drink today? I do. I just grabbed a. Um, it's a iron. It's called Iron Bound. It's a delicious uh, cider made here locally in New Jersey, uh, and particularly from the Iron Bound section of Newark. If you're familiar with it, uh, I live in Jersey City. But Jersey City, New York, and obviously Manhattan all very close to each other and just a melting pot. Um, so there are some amazing things. Uh, most people don't think about New Jersey being the garden state, uh, but we have some of the best agriculture throughout the country. Uh, we have everything from vineyards to apple orchards to all great things. So if you want some fantastic beer or brews, you're going to be hard pressed to find a better place uh, to get them than New Jersey. That's great. Uh, Katie, what are you enjoying today? Um, so I'm having uh, Parish Ghost in the Machine. It's out of Louisiana. It's a IPA um, that um, isn't the typical local beer from Gainesville that we're representing, but it's available frequently locally. So it's one of my favorites that I grab when I'm not enjoying one from our local brewer. Um, Ken, how about you? I am uh, enjoying one called Cryotropic. Uh, it's from Tampa Bay Brewing Company. Um, a little bit south here of Gainesville, and um, it's the hazy IPA with some tropical fruit flavors and all that. Very, very enjoyable also. So, um, well, with that, uh, thank you, Jason, again for joining us today. On behalf of myself, Katie, and our firm, we're incredibly proud to be part of this pledge and are excited to see the positive difference that will become uh, from it. And um, we want to thank our listeners also for tuning in to News & Brews Sports Biz as we advocate for college athletics financial voices to be heard. And if there's a topic that you'd like to see covered on a future episode, or if you'd like to join us, please contact us through our website, jmco.com. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media for more news as the collegiate athletics landscape continues to rapidly evolve. Cheers and have a great day. Cheers.